Do you want more high ticket clients? Do you want to know how they think and how they buy? You're in the right place to learn how to get all the high paying clients you want, whatever you want, and how to actually stand out as the world-class specialist in your arena. I'm Leanne and I've helped over 500 women go from very few clients to commanding better prices and calling in clients who are pre-sold. In this podcast, you'll learn the exact strategies that I use with my clients to get them more clients, cash and credibility. All the things you'll learn here are rooted in sales psychology and how your client's brain works. Also what to do and say so they buy. So let's get this started. Hello everyone and welcome back. Today, I wanna talk about how we sell and what to do when things aren't selling and going the way that you want. So if you have a high ticket offer and it's just kind of sitting there on the shelf and you're wondering, is anybody ever gonna buy this thing? We should chat here today on the podcast. So I wanna tell you first, you're not alone. I've been there. I've offered things and was fully behind these. I mean, I loved my offers, right? I made a long sales page. I put all the effort into it. I had a five-day masterclass. It was very well attended. It had huge engagement. And at the end, I literally had people that were like crickets. There was just no response. No one wanted it. And I had some sales calls and they all told me that's not what I wanted to buy from you. (laughs) So I had to be humble and think a little bit and go back to the drawing board and really examine what people were telling me rather than what my beliefs were. And this was a hard thing because mostly, right, my stuff sells fairly well. But last September, I put together a four-week course, and this was a live course, and it was based on a conversation I had with a client in the DMs who had asked me for some help. Now, she wasn't my client at the time, but she was having a problem getting more high-ticket clients, and she wanted strategies to get some sales. And I gave her maybe 15 minutes worth of coaching, few voice notes in the DMs, and she went and put everything in place. And the next day she messaged me and she said, Leanne, I made $4,000 overnight. And my jaw dropped, but I was so excited for her. And I thought, if it worked for her, it probably could work for other people and everybody needs this. So I'm going to see what happens here. I put together a short 30-day live course and I used all the techniques I gave her and a few others I hadn't given her. And I had two people immediately sign up. And one of those people was already at a million dollars a year. And I thought, why is she buying this? I was really excited she bought it, but I also thought I'm super confused. And the other person I didn't really know very well. So about a week went by and no one else bought. And I thought, okay, I don't have any preconceived notions here. So if no one else buys, I will just deliver at a high level to these two people and I will get incredible testimonials and then I will see what happens. Since I'd never done anything like that before, I really didn't know what to expect. I kind of expected it would maybe just sell to two or three people and then that would be it. So I was unattached to the outcome. I didn't care if it sold. I was just trying to see proof of concept. Is this going to sell? And I thought if people don't get in, that's totally fine. And the next day, the lady from the DMs, the direct messages, she posted in a big group. And she told everybody that she had made $4,000 in 24 hours. So I ended up with about 42 people 
buying within that week. And it was mostly from her posting. It was not me that did it, but it was her testimonial because she had posted in that big group. It turned out it was something a lot of people needed and people got great results. People wanted it. I just needed a little bit of hype and I needed to believe in it and I needed to get people into it. But I've also had those launches where I prepped and I had the five-day program and I had the sales page and I was attached to that outcome. I wanted those people in my container. I wanted people to be sold and I wanted them in this thing because I wanted to get them these results. So I was pretty attached to it, but it didn't happen. And when I got on those sales calls, I discovered I had a bit of entitlement when it came to the sale. So that's what I want to talk about today is one of the reasons your high ticket offer might not be selling is that sometimes we have an entitlement issue. And this is a little bit more advanced, but if you think about it, you want to think about your expectations going into a high ticket program and what you're going to be doing with your client. Sometimes we feel very entitled to the sale. Hey, it's Leanne, and if you're ready to have more clients, cash, and credibility, head over to IWantClientsCashAndCredibility.com, where you can find out more about current programs, hit our vault of trainings, and join the community. That's IWantClientsCashAndCredibility.com. Okay, back to the show. So let's investigate that a little more. What does that look like in our mind? So when my son was little, he was about six years old and I was dead asleep. It was the middle of the night and I think my husband was on a business trip and these were the years that we were losing a lot of baby teeth. So he'd lost all the front teeth, top and bottom, and he was toothless and it was hard for him to eat, you know, couldn't chew. But I'm asleep at 3 a.m. and my son comes in and he's pulled his molar out. And he says, Mom, I pulled my molar out, see? He holds it up, and I was like, you pulled your molar out? He said, yeah, my molar, and I rinsed it, and I rinsed my tooth. And I said, that's great. You know, I was really sleepy. I said, go ahead and lay your tooth right there. I'm proud of you. Thank you for taking care of that. You're a big guy. I'm proud. Let's go back to sleep. And he said, okay, thank you. And he went back to his bed, and I went back to sleep, and I didn't think any more about it. But in the morning, there was this disappointment. My son, he love to call the tooth fairy the money guy. <laughs> he didn't really use the tooth fairy was not part of his language. He called him the money guy. And the money guy would come at night, but the money guy left the money on the built-in in the living room because my son was really freaked out. He was really disturbed by somebody coming in his room at night, as he should be. So the, the tooth fairy, the dentist guy, the money guy came at night and left money on the built-in. And he said, Mom, there's no money there. I don't understand. I, I'm really mad. Where's my money? <laughs> I said, I said, what do you mean? He said, well, I, I laid my tooth there and it, the tooth is still there. And I had to do some quick thinking because I didn't get up in the middle of the night and put money on that built-in. So I said, you know, okay, the tooth fairy, the money guy, 
he has a cutoff of 10.30 at night the night before. He doesn't come in the middle of the night. You can't lose a tooth in the middle of the night and get the money in the morning. You have to wait until the next day. There's actually a cutoff. And so my son was like, okay, I understand that. And then he walked off and completely accepted that. And I was like, whew, because he was expecting money and there was none there, right? So when you're six years old, you are the center of your world. <laughs> and my son, Ryan is his name, he didn't have the concept of, hey, my parents are actually giving me this money because he thought, you know, it's the money guy. He comes at night. He didn't reason it out in his mind about it's middle of the night, my parents are in bed, they're not going to give me money when it's in the middle of the night. He didn't know how to reason that out, but that makes sense when you're a six-year-old. It's black and white and you're naturally entitled and that's okay. If you've ever had a five and six-year-old, you know what I mean. But for the business owners out there, like me, like you, we are not the center of our universe. We think we are, but we aren't. <laughs> we aren't the center of the universe. We are constantly focused inward, usually, rather than outward. And this can manifest itself in many, many ways, but it makes for harder sales. Because when we feel entitled to the sale, like my long sales page, for instance, when I felt entitled to that sale, I'm diminishing the client and I'm diminishing their experience because I'm focused to the inside. So let's go back to that launch experience. My first launch, I was helping in the, in the direct messages. She didn't really pay me for that strategy. It was just like, I'm gonna help a fellow entrepreneur because I can. And then I developed the program because I thought this is gonna help people. I didn't have a big attachment to, I'm entitled to the sale because this program is so awesome. It was more my intent was, I wanna help people. I wanna help people. That's what that was born out of. Now, this other thing that I was selling was not born out of that. It was born out of, I'm going to do a five-day event, and what can I sell, right? There wasn't really any client centricity to it. I just threw it out there, right? But that first course I sold that was born out of helping her, and I sold 40 spots to it, I didn't feel like it would sell any more than it did. I thought it was going to just sell two. And much to my surprise, it sold very well. But one of the reasons that it sold so well is I was generous in the DMs to this person and they paid it forward to me in this big group by giving me this ultimate testimonial and giving it a seal and a stamp of approval of, hey, I've tried these methods and they really work, right? So that's why that sold so well. And I, there's a little bit of luck involved too, but you don't have to deny your nature and you don't have to always focus inward because many times the best things, the best sales that you have, the best launches have to do with when you are completely focused on the success of the client and not on yourself. So we love our sales. We love our modules. We love our programs. We love our sales pages. We get really attached to our funnels. I mean, we're so excited about it. And then if we launch to crickets, we lose our ever-loving minds, as I like to say, because we had expectations. We were entitled to that sale, and we're not entitled to a high-ticket sale. No one is. Now, if you have a combo of experience, result, transformation, value, 
but it's also got to be something that your clients value more than they value the money in the bank. And that is hard to do. It doesn't seem like it is, but it's a little harder to do than people say it is. And I'm in a lot of different groups. Some of them are newer entrepreneurs and some of them have been in there for a long time, right? And they've been new or beginners for a long time. They haven't had clients or they haven't had many clients. And I see people posting about how they've been offering their one-on-one coaching for nine months and no one's taken them up on it. And they blame themselves or they blame the client. I don't know why this is happening. I don't know why I can't get these people in my group. I'm doing everything right. I'm doing all the steps. No one's saying yes. And maybe they're Maybe they're offering something that's 2K. Maybe it's 5K. Maybe it's less. But they cannot get people to say yes to it. And they think, they think down deep, it's something wrong with their market. Instead of thinking to themselves, you're not entitled to the sale. No one is entitled to the sale. And sometimes it takes a long time to tweak your offers, especially a high ticket offer. So it meets the market's needs. And if you don't meet the needs of the market or you don't have credibility behind you, it's going to be hard for you to launch and be successful. And it isn't always going to be successful and that's okay. You're going to have times that don't go your way and it's going to teach you things that you really need as an entrepreneur. Things like perseverance and discipline and becoming even more client focused than you are now. So if every single time went your way, you really wouldn't learn what you needed to learn and you wouldn't learn how to evaluate what works and what doesn't. So most big companies who grow fast and even the ones that grew fast years ago aren't learning the new stuff they need for the future. And frankly, a lot of those those businesses in the next 20 to 30 years are not going to be around anymore because they stopped listening to their audience and evaluate what's working and what's not working. Or they persisted in doing the same thing literally over and over and it didn't work and the market didn't like it and they didn't care. So when the market changes around us, we have to care. We have to adjust. And if they're saying no to us, we also have to care and adjust and evaluate. What we should do is concentrate more on what our clients truly, truly want. And higher level clients might want something different than what you are offering them. But if you've never talked to these people and you don't see a need in the marketplace and you don't see the trends coming and you can't see that you need to maybe up-level yourself to make this high-level offer be valuable enough, then they may want something different than what you're thinking. And it may not go as well as you think. And just because it sold before, let's say it sold last year, doesn't mean it's going to sell this year. So I want us to really get into that because a lot of the marketplace of these big companies are offering things the exact same way they have for the last 40 years. And markets are changing. And if you don't change with the market, you will get left behind as some of these companies have and are now bankrupt. So for me, right, I talk about my experiences as a musician because it's similar to when you start or when you are in the middle of your entrepreneurial career. I restarted a music career at age 40 and my old band broke up and I wasn't a beginner. It wasn't like I was playing in garage with a 20 year old. 
I was already, you know, in my 40s. And I didn't want to be a beginner. And I formed a band of people who were also not beginners. But we had no audience and no followers. We had to start over. And so every weekend we would do gigs pretty much for tips, but no one was at the gig, so we didn't receive any tips. We paid to park, we lugged our stuff downtown, and then we would come home, and it would be pretty demoralizing. But just because I had success in music before, or just because I had a following before, didn't mean I was going to have an immediate audience or an immediate payment. I wasn't entitled to the audience, even though I knew what I was doing. I'd been on the radio before, I'd had producers and publishers and the whole shebang. I didn't have an entitled feeling towards music, and I couldn't have one because I wouldn't have lasted very long. So nobody cares if you've had other albums. When you're a new musician again, no one cares if you had a following before. No one cares. You're starting over. And it is like that sometimes with an entrepreneurial career. You're maybe even starting over. Maybe you're excellent at what you do. But online, people don't know you very well yet. And to become a VIP online, you have to put in the work. And you have to evaluate and you have to up-level and you have to get better at your craft. So as we were better as musicians and got more well-known and got a following, we moved up. We started getting paid and we started getting better gigs and it wasn't this excruciating, demoralizing thing anymore. It was lots of fun. So the better our offers get and the more we get to know our audience, the better our launches go. So 50% of your audience is never going to buy from you, but 50% might be ready at some point and we have to be ready for that. But you also are not entitled to 50% of your audience buying from you. So we also have to get a little bit realistic of every time you do a launch, you want to get better and better and better. You want to evaluate what worked and what didn't work and take the emotion out of it. So this changes things in your brain, right? We don't have to talk about, I don't know why all these people aren't engaging. Look at all these people on my list. Why are they not engaging? And you can think to yourself, they're probably not engaging because... It's not engaging. The content's not what they want. So we have to evaluate and we have to get resilient and we have to get disciplined enough that we can evaluate ourselves and our brain without all the emotions. Because what usually happens is we say to ourselves, our audience is looking, they're not listening, they're not, they're not engaging, and we make it mean something. And it doesn't mean anything. It just means we have to get better and we have to continue to get better. And we have to think about our audience as people and not numbers. How can people receive the transformation from you at a high value cost for a high value transformation? Because the higher the value the transformation is to your ideal client, the more you can charge and the more likely it is to sell. But if all you're doing is feeling like they've got to come in my program, they have to fit the program, and I'm never ever going to do any research, and I'm not ever going to find out what they really want, it's not very client-centric. So we got to get our heads on straight here. If you're offering the same program and it never gets updated, or you don't look at your feedback, or your IP is always the same, the programs are always the same, nothing ever changes, the very best high-ticket programs get updated. Sometimes they add on support. Sometimes they change the calls around. Sometimes they add on different modules that are going to help. 
Sometimes they bring in outside people. It's whatever is best for your client. Maybe your low ticket courses do stay the same, but marketing and all the techniques do change. So can you change, (laughs) right? As the market changes, what might've worked five years ago doesn't work anymore. And what might've worked even last year may not work anymore for your launches or for your programs. So another thought is we feel entitled to the sale, but we're not always investing ourselves. And we probably need to check that sense of entitlement. If we are looking at people paying us, what kind of attitude do you have towards your own money? And what kind of attitude do you have towards other people's money? Because you should value it, not equally necessarily, but you should value your client's money too, to where they're going to get a really great result with you if they invest with you. But if you yourself are not investing, you might need to check that entitlement too, because we have a tendency to judge people (laughs) for what we actually are doing. And we don't have to do that. We can be client-centric and we can also check our ability to see our clients as real people with real issues and help them where they are. So if you're still wondering what high ticket clients really want and you want to make your next launch really successful, you might be missing a few pieces. And this is what I teach. This is how what I help my clients with. How to know your audience, how to get fresh leads in so they go through your path to the sale, how to make sure your audience wants your offer, how to message to them so they want the offer. And if you want help with this, right, all you have to do is just head to Clients Cash Credibility and check out my programs that I'm running right now and how I can help you get the business that you want with the high ticket offers that your clients want. All right, so that's all for today. See you next time. Remember to hit subscribe and to stay updated, head over to IWantClientsCashAndCredibility.com. I'm Leanne Heil, and we'll see you on the next episode.